0: Welcome to Harmony Christian Church Podcast. For more information about us, visit HarmonyChurchFamily.org. Well, let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for the opportunity to get together today. We thank you for your precious love for us. I pray today that you would use me to speak your heart, but even more than that, God, that you would your Holy Spirit touch everybody in here today. Let us all leave transformed and different than we came in so that we might be more equipped and empowered and exuberant about doing your work outside these four walls. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, who's excited to be in the house of God today? I was so excited I couldn't sleep last night. So, There are so many people in this room today that are are scared, a little bit scared, because I have not told them what I'm preaching on today, and they get really nervous. I've kept it a secret. I've kept it under wraps for many different reasons. One is because I believe I've got something really exciting today, and I don't want to ruin the surprise. And there's some exciting things that I'm going to share about today, but today is going to be interactive. Today is going to be really interactive because we're going to have to learn to be kids today. And a lot of us, if you're like me, have forgotten how to do that, forgotten how to have fun, forgotten to to be like kids. So I brought some things to help me with that today. But I want to tell you a couple of stories first, and then we're going to get into having some fun. Is everybody ready for some fun? All right, let's have a better shot than that. Are we ready for some fun? Hey, listen. If it all ends tonight, we're going to heaven, Amen? amen? So it ain't that bad, right? Let's have some fun. So... About a year ago, actually 365 days ago today, just awkward how I think the Lord lines things up. He shared something with me that was really, really um, opened my eyes and thought, man, this is really powerful. But maybe didn't understand the fullness of it until many, many months later, maybe until the last 30 days. So much like I did, um, Bernie and I had the wonderful opportunity to serve in the children's ministry in the month of January. If you have not done that, by the way, go do it. You don't have to be a teacher. You don't have to be a preacher. You just have to be willing to go in and have as much fun or if not more fun than they do. But I thought while I was in there, I thought, you know, maybe we need to have Sunday service in the sanctuary. You know, as a preacher, we need to do it more like the kids do it because I think it's a lot more fun. So just be prepared today. It's going to be a little bumpy, but it's going to be a little fun. So close your eyes because I told stories in there and you got to close your eyes for these stories. Close your eyes. You're You're in a prison cell. Three walls are a concrete block. There's a small window in the back side of it with bars on it. There's also bars across the front in a door. You've been convicted of a crime. You are walk, being walked into your jail cell. You walk in. You sit down. The corrections officer walks out, shuts the door. You're sitting in there. You're feeling all these emotions of I want to leave. I didn't deserve this. I didn't do this. I want to be free. And you sit in there every day. They bring their meal to you. You don't ever leave. You stay in there every day. And you dream about getting out. You dream of what if things had been different. You dream that what if I had done things in a, in a fashion that didn't. Lead me to this place that I'm in today. Maybe I would thought different or behaved different or acted different or believed different. Maybe I wouldn't be in the spot. And so you sit in self-condemnation every day in this prison cell. Desperately wanting to get out, but there's no way out. You don't have an attorney. You don't have hope. You have nothing. It's a depressing place. Now I'm gonna ask you this one question. Have you bothered to get up and see if the door was actually locked? I'm asking you to stand up now in your jail cell and walk over and try to open the door. What do you know, the door is open. And you can walk free. And you've spent years and years and years in this cell that has held you captive. And now all of a sudden, you're walking free. Open your eyes. See, what has happened is we, as believers, have taken on mindsets, ways, and things that have confined us into a prison cell. Unknowingly, we think about having things a different way, but they're not. We think of things turning out in a different fashion, but they don't. But we never tried once to get out of the situation we're in. I think about Jesus when Lazarus was in the grave. Jesus says, hey, Lazarus, come on out. I believe the spirit of the living God is saying to us today, get up walk out and we're fixing to walk out we've been held back by mindsets i'm talking to you today about approaching things as a kid but i want you to have this paradigm that we're trapped but that trap is the, the four walls of our mind not the reality that jesus has set us free but trapped the second great revelation i've had this week was I woke up one morning, and mind you, I've been excited to be up here today. Not that I'm not always excited to preach, but I was like a little kid getting ready to go in to see Mickey Mouse for the first time excited. Early one morning, the Lord said to me, Matthew, what happens when you wake up in the morning and you realize you have to live out what you're going to preach? See, I don't come up here from a place of high and mighty I'd probably much rather stand on the floor because I've walked out these things and I am in the process of walking them out. This is not something that I've read in a book and this is a self-help and how to. I'm sharing with you my testimony of how Jesus has delivered me and how he can deliver you. Are you ready to go back to the fun part now? I know we got Shawshank Redemption like serious all of a sudden. (laughs) But I had to build some foundation for where we're headed. All right, now I brought some things to help me today. So this is a good hiding spot. This is unconventional preaching today, so I hope you all will bear with me. So what happens in children's class, Miss Della would tell you, she'd hear me holler. The first thing when you walk in is, hey, are you all ready to have some fun today? And they would scream and they would holler. What happens when Miss Amber releases them from this sanctuary? They go running. Why? Because they have this great anticipation of excitement and fun. Raise your hand if you come running to church. Raise your hand if you come running. A couple of us. I speed on the way to church. How many of you go running to your Bible in the morning to read it? Or in the evening or whenever you read it? This is what we're supposed to do. Let me read a couple of scriptures before I talk to you about this. Let's look at Matthew 18, 1 through 4. Jesus says, who is the The, the disciples are saying, you, you all know this scripture quite well, right? It, it's about the disciples are having this disagreement and they're saying, hey, who uh, is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? They're trying to figure out who the greatest is. Don't, don't worry, I'm, I'm going back to the prison. So we're going to be all right and figure this out. You're not going to get car sick. But there was an argument. They want to know who the greatest was. And Jesus responded. Now, listen, a lot of times Jesus would use as he's teaching, right? What's around him, you know, a rock. You know, he, the, the mustard seed. You know, a lot of those things he would use because they were around him. He was walking and teaching. It'd be like me saying, "Ah, oh, you see the crack in the wall? That's how hard it is to get into heaven. If you're not careful, you'd be like, crack in the wall. And then 2,000 years later, you're like, what in the world was he talking about? You got to understand that that's how they taught in that day. But Jesus responded by grabbing a little child and said to him, said, put him in the midst of the group. So he'd be putting him in the middle of this room. And he said, assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as these little children, you'll by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. It's an example of humility. We are to come as little children. We think, well, that's little children, you know, running, crazy, joyful, laughing. But here's what in reality he's talking about it's coming in with humility, without status, without, um, you know, predisposition that this is who I am. Lesson number two happened in children's class on Sunday mornings. I learned something that for a little tiny piece of chocolate like this, these children in class, would spend 15 minutes pressing themselves, like cramming the night before an exam, learning a Bible scripture so they could get a little piece of chocolate. 15 minutes, these kids would do everything. They would stand in front of it and they'd read, read, read. I, you know, Jesus loved me. You know, just go over and over and over and over and over and over again till they had it right. And they come over and recite it because they wanted a piece of chocolate. See what happened to us along the way? Would you do that? If I gave you a piece of chocolate and said so you got 15 minutes to memorize scripture, would you do it? Now, they want the candy, right? But we're old enough to know what the reward is in heaven for having that hidden in our heart. I, I need two helpers. So what I did today was I wanted to pass out candy. Whoever, who, have you ever been around a, a pastor or preacher that has handed out candy during service? Normally when they pass the bucket around, it's because you've got to put something in it. But today is the day you get to take something from it. And it's chocolate. And listen, I, b- I overbought for everybody because I know how you are. You might be like those kids. Well, I like that one and I like that and that purple one. I got to have one of those too. Well, and, 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 and my grandson, he likes that one. So I'll get one of those. So don't be bashful. This will be like the loaves and the fish. There'll be plenty. So can, can I get a couple? Jeff Barber, you got to help me with this. You're just enjoying this way too much. Can you help pass all these out? All right, listen, come on. All right, now you're laughing. You're getting this. All right, you're getting it. Listen, this is what we're supposed to be doing in church. I'm going to give you a couple of statistics. Goldfish. Their attention span. Nine seconds. Nine seconds. Now, this was Microsoft did the study. You'd hope it was right. Our attention span—any guesses? Nine seconds for the goldfish, eight seconds for us. That's why I'm giving you chocolate. Now, believe it or not, in two in the year 2000, it was 12 seconds. We're, We're going down. How does that tie in, Matthew? I'm lost. With these kids and with us, we've got to consider doing things differently. We've taken on this pharisaical mindset because we've read in the Bible, we've created these ways, and we've locked ourselves into believing a mindset that is absolutely keeping us and captivating us from experiencing the fullness of who God is, who his, who his, how much his love is for us, and what his destiny and purpose is for us. Y'all following me? So in children's class, snacks are important. Can I get an amen this morning? (laughs) Stories need to be interactive. One thing I also learned is grandmas in heaven still get prayers. (laughs) You know why? That's okay. It's okay to go to God and talk about the loved ones that aren't with us anymore and how you miss them. Because God cares about it. If he's so willing to number us by the hairs on our head... He also knows us well enough to know it's okay to be sad and miss somebody and talk to him about it. He wants He's interested. It's not bothering him. He cares. But see, as adults, we go with that silly. I, I mean, I, I was one of them. But God, God turned me upside down four weeks, completely rearranged my theology. Miss Della, you should have no problems getting signups after today. These children believe God can do anything. They have the "well, my God can whip your God's butt" attitude. Remember that as a little boy, my dad can whip your dad. My dad's faster. My dad's better than your dad, right? They have this attitude about God that is that is not anything like we have today. He's unstoppable. He's an unstoppable God that when we pray, they know, believe, and assume that it's done. They don't sit and go, "How is God going to do it?" They don't care. They don't even ask. God, my grandma's sick. Will you heal her? It's done. We prayed. Let's move on. They don't come in next week and say, well, God didn't do it. I wonder how God's going to do it. See, we become haughty in our mindset where we believe we have to know how God's going to do something. Mind you, it's this mindset that we've got that's upside down, that's put us in prison, that we need to walk out of. That we got to know how God's going to do it, know how God's going to do it, when God's going to do it. What did Jesus say? you got to come as a child. Amen? Or is it, oh, me? Remember, I told you I'm having to live this out, too. Uh, Dancing in children's class is critical to success. (laughs) If you're not dancing, having some fun in class with these kids, you're not having fun. And they're not having fun either. What happened to us when we come in here and worship the King of Kings that has set us free from bondage, who's walked us out of a death that is so unimaginable, and we don't want to dance. I try to contain myself. See, I told Brandy this, she said, Don't say this, people are gonna get offended. I said, That's okay. I want to offend your mind. Bill Johnson said it best if I don't offend you, I'm probably not pushing you hard enough. I want to be offended. Offended in the mind means challenging the, your thought process to look at it from a different angle. I, I want to be offended. I said, I said, Brandy, the problem is I, I, love, I love people at Harmony Christian Church. I love them. their family. I, I do anything for them. But I've cared too much about what they thought about me. She goes, why would you do that? What are you talking about? I said, if I dance, if I break out in a dance in the Holy Ghost, they're going to n- not want me here anymore. But I've been set free. And it it just explodes inside of me and I can't contain it. And it it, is just burning inside of me like it does for these kids. What's happened to us? We've created rules and systems and things that are understood you don't do on Sunday mornings. At this intersection, it's not just this church, it's it's many of them. It's okay. Don't be offended. What have we done? Brandy got real nervous on this. I told him about the long black train. She said, what? We are you teaching these kids? Y'all know the song, long black train, maybe. If not, see me after service. But that long black train, y'all know this part, takes you farther than you want to go, keeps you longer than you want to stay, costs you more than you want to pay, leaves you lost, broken, empty. That's a train of sin. See, the Pharisees really started out with the right intention, right? See, we've taken ourselves way too seriously in this sanctuary and as believers in our relationship with Christ. We've taken ourselves way too seriously. We've put ourselves in a place where we think we can earn what we've gotten by behavior Instead of receive it and live it out by faith. Matthew sixteen six says, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then he goes on and says in Matthew 23, 1 through 3, it says, they bind you with heavy burdens. I have this book I'm going to read something out of really quick. I don't like to usually read out of any book up here except the Bible. But I think this is pretty, pretty good stuff. This is Book of Mysteries by Jonathan Cain. I'm not promoting it. Not saying that it's the best book in the world, but it makes my mind think, and I like it. It's it's really good. We were sitting in one of the gardens, and he picked up a branch, and he drew my attention to it. It had leaves, and they were all somewhat still green. It looks like the other branches, he said, but with one difference, it's no longer connected to the tree. It still has the appearance of life on the outside, but on the inside is dry, and it will soon wither away. He laid down the branch in the same place where he found it. There was once a people who sought to be holy. They wanted to be separated from sin, worldliness, compromise, and impurity, so they separated themselves. They called themselves the Perushim. Perushim means separated ones. Let's stop right there. Sounds good so far, right? We want to be separate from the world. We don't want to look like him. We don't want to smell like him. We don't want to act like him. We want to be different. Right? Mm -mm. Here's what happens. This is where it goes downhill bad. But as they focused on their own holiness, they grew self-righteous and proud. Their godliness became one of outward appearance, a substitute for what was no longer in their hearts. So the separated ones end up separating themselves from God. As a branch cut off from the tree, or from the life of the tree. Exactly, said the teacher, and they still had the outward form, the leaves, the blossoms, and the past, and the remnants of what had been, but they were joined, they were, but when they were joined to God. But on the inside, it was dead. And then God, whom they had once sought, became, sought came to them and said, what did they do? I don't know, who killed them? Who were the Parishim? That was the original name, but we know them as the Pharisees. Never forget the warning of the Perushim. It is easy to go from righteousness to self-righteousness. From the inner reality to the outward appearance. From godliness to Godhood. See, Pastor Josh has been talking about a couple things like wonder and then the imposter. See, this is what happens. We have all these great intentions. We have these great intentions of living a set-aside life for God. Passionately pursuing Him in all we do, abstaining from things of the world, but all of a sudden we become so disconnected from the world, we're no longer able to relate to people that need to hear the goodness of what God has done. We create these rules and these boundaries, and we start focusing on more about this in me rather than this in Him and filtering into me. Follow me? Been on a journey. Learning about restoring joy in everything and and being on the edge of my seat, passionately pursuing God, but passionately excited about what God's going to do next. I've begun to wake up in the morning and say, I can't imagine what he's going to do today, but I'm excited for it. And I see obstacles and people say, Matthew, I don't know how that's ever going to be possible. But I say, I don't know, because I serve a, a God who's impossible, it's impossible to understand who God is. See, this is the God who, when they're walking through the desert, bread fell from heaven. Were they looking to heaven for bread? No, they were just murmuring, and complaining, where am I going to get my bread? See, the problem is, a lot of times, God's going to bring what we need in a direction in a way that we weren't expecting. And we got to be okay with that. we got to be okay with being, expecting God to do it and not caring how he does it. I mean, who would have thought water would have come from a rock? Who would have thought quail would have been on the ground for them to eat? Who would have thought Jesus spoke and a man walked out of the grave? Who would have thought fire called out from down from heaven consumed an altar and sacrifice that was full of water? Time travel. This is the God we serve right here. And we want to limit him. To doing it Well, if I pray this way, I take communion this way, I show up this way and do it each way this week, certainly, oh God, it's going to work. We have got to get out of our stinking thinking. Because that stinking thinking about controlling God has put us in this prison cell where we just don't even know what to do. Pastor Josh and I talked about this a few weeks ago. It burns inside of me because it burns inside of me that I want to see people healed. I want to see people healed in the physical realm. And it's been that way for years. It burns inside of me. You all probably don't even need me to tell you that to know that. But here's what happens. I have this revelation that maybe God's more concerned with the inner healing inside of us first. Before a, a manifestation of a natural healing. Because here's why. Because God's lens at looking for us is an eternal lens. He's looking at what it's like when he, we get to join him and he wants us whole. He's not looking at physical ailments that are this much of this big of a picture. Now, I'm not saying physical healing doesn't come because it does. But I'm thinking maybe I ought to start looking inside first before I look externally. This is how it works. we got to believe that God wants to do something different inside of us than the way we think he ought to do it. Well, God, I prayed for this. I've been a tither. I've been a giver. I've been showing up on church. I've been doing this all my life. Why hasn't this shown up? Well, maybe it's because I'm not ready to steward that because there's broken areas in my life that I need to get worked out with him. Come on. So I'm ready to steward what he's doing. How many of you would go buy a brand new Corvette and hand it to a 15-year-old that's never had a driving course? I don't see any hands. It's because they're not able to steward that at the moment. But with training, equipping, the right time can come. Amen. It's like fear. Fear grips us every day. Fear of having to be in control. The Lord says in this book right here, I think over 365 times, do not fear. But yet fear is what consumes us every day. It leaves us in that prison cell. And we think there's no way out. Fear is a learned behavior. Fear is not something we're naturally born with. I have three boys. Except where I have taught them fear. They have known no fear. First time I took Sam and Jonah out to see Mr. Jeff and Jenny. And they had um, some bread some cows in a corral. They they do just like they would do at some other places. They hop the fence and go right up to them. Look, like, no fear. Instantly, I'm like, you cannot do that. Jeff's looking at me. You're going to be fine. I'm teaching them fear. Now, listen, respecting authority and respecting power. Right, us guys learned that in our first probably fast car in life. We learned to respect that after we spun it out. Thank you, Jesus. We didn't go to the ditch. But we learned that it's okay to respect authority, but it's not okay to be in fear. Why do you think God said it so many times? Because we cannot live in fear as believers. We're living in fear of what if I get sick? What if I get hurt? What if this doesn't happen? What if I run out of money? What if I do this? What on earth are we doing? Stop it. You're living in a, in a jail cell every day that you have the ability to walk out, open the door and be free. But the problem is you're going to have to go back to Sunday school to figure out how to do it. You're going to have to go back to realizing what it's like to be a kid and be fearless and say, God, my God's going to do it. My God's going to do it. My God's going to do it. And if he doesn't have to do it my way, he can do it his way. And I'm happy with that. Fear is a learned behavior. We've got to stop teaching it. We've been we've been guilty as preachers. We've been teaching fear from the pulpit from all these years. Now, godly fear is important. Don't don't. Don't build a bad theology out of what I'm teaching here. But fear has no place in the kingdom of heaven. So I say to you, if you've learned fear, God doesn't teach fear. Then who teaches fear? That's right. The devil's been teaching you and we got to kick him out. We got to realize that he's the father of lies and he's been teaching us to have fear whether we should have no fear. I find myself brokenhearted about how many times we get caught up trying to think we've got to figure this out. When God's just saying, I've already got it done, just keep walking. Just keep walking. Just keep walking. One of the things I told you is that we were going to have some interactive things. So we're going to have some interactive things this morning. Y'all ready for this? Raise your hand if you promise to be interactive with me. This will be a lot of fun. If not, I'm going to have a lot of fun. Because I'm telling you something. Here's 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 what I've learned from God. He gave me the ability to do this. I have the ability to enjoy it. Because I'm not under the pressure of man. I'm under the joy of the Lord. And you can't steal it from me. So we're going to have fun. Who wants to have fun with me? All right, uh, Brandy, come on up here. Yeah, come on. All right, we're going to have some fun. So here's how this works. Many pe- I did this in youth years and years and years ago. People get concerned that I can't hear the voice of the Lord. I'm going to tell you how this works. This is, this is show and tell demonstration. But it's going to take everybody to interact how we're going to do this. So I'm going to put a blindfold on my, my wife here. She's like, <laughs> now I don't ever do this. Don't get any ideas. But we are married and we have a license that proves it. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to walk her around the room. I'm going to turn her around a few times. I'm trusting you. Okay. Oh, see now she's already preaching for me. Okay. Okay. Let's go back this way. All right. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to get her to a spot. Don't get dizzy on me now. I'm going to get her to a spot that she might not be familiar with in the room. Okay. Keep walking forward. You're going to be just fine. You're going to be just fine. Don't worry. Don't worry. Just watch out for the barbers. All right, we're going to have you stand right here. Okay, and don't move. All right, so here's what this, this exercise is. This is hearing the voice of God, and this is learning to decipher the voice of God in the middle of chaos, in the middle of not knowing what's going on. Here's what we're going to do. So I need everybody to make as much noise as they can, and I'm going to speak to her and give her instructions on how to make it back to her seat And she's going to know it because she knows my voice and she trusts my voice. But your job is to completely confuse her. You can do anything you want. Don't scream in her face. But anything you want, just don't touch her. But to keep her from getting to her seat, do whatever you want, okay? Does everybody understand the rules of engagement? All right. Start making some noise. Brandy. Take three steps forward. Keep walking straight. Keep walking straight. Come on, keep going. A little bit to your right. A little bit to your right. Keep going. Here you go. Nope. All right. Walk straight towards me. Keep going. Follow my voice. You're gonna make it. Y'all aren't loud enough. A little bit to your right. A little bit to your right. Keep keep walking straight. Keep walking straight. A little bit to your left. A little bit to your left. Keep walking straight. A little bit to your right. Keep walking. Keep walking straight. Keep walking straight. Keep walking straight. Okay. Make a left about face. Okay. Walk straight. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Keep walking straight. You're doing great. Keep walking straight. Keep walking straight. Keep walking straight, a little bit to the left. Keep walking straight. Keep walking straight, keep walking straight. Okay, go a little bit to the left. Your other left, your right. Okay, walk straight, walk straight, turn around. Step back, step back, step back. Sit down. Now, we had some, had some additional help there. Thank you in the back. But what did we learn there from this exercise? This is the world screaming at you. Your mind screaming at you. But you've got to stay Focused. You got to stay focused on that voice that you know. And you ought to be able to hear it in a crowd. My kids know my voice. They might not always obey it. <laughs> but 2 aisles over yesterday at Meyer, they knew my voice. My wife knows my voice. She trusts me. But here's what happens. Did you notice over on the side over here, she was she was kind of weaving Right? Because see, here's what we think. We think as believers that the destination is the Farley's over there. And it goes like this. I'm following God. That's not really how it works. My destination is the Farley's. But God will do things like this. Because life takes you on different paths. Life causes you to make turns. And that's okay. Because God's going to work all things out. Because we're his kids. No matter what is going on in your life, God's going to get you where you need to go. We don't have the power to screw it all up if we're seeking and following him. But see, we can make it to where we're going if we obey. But see, in our minds, we believe we got to be adults and dignified. Walk in a straight line. Do the same ritual every day, every Sunday. But we miss that God wants to do something exciting. Exciting. A gentleman came to me one day when I was working. He did not know me. His name is Pentecostal Larry. Pentecostal Larry, if you're listening, I love you. He's a Jamaican. I was working in a pump station. He came up to me and said, Matthew, when you go on a road trip with customers and they want to see this roadside attraction or something over there, what do you do? I said, man, whatever the customer wants, the customer's going to get. Are you getting amens from the sales guys in here? Right? Right? Whatever the customer wants. He says, well, I figured that, Matthew. You're, you're, good. you're a good man. He said, if you're on vacation with your family and your wife wants to stop and see the roadside attraction, what do you do? I said, no! We have got to go! We are not stopping! You see, that's the very problem. You put more value in, in those people that can give you something than your spouse and your family. It should be the other way around, Matthew. See, God wants to take us on journeys in life and wants us to experience things because there's joy in the journey. It's not about the destination. We were talking in the office this morning. Everybody gets so wrapped up with end times and God's coming tomorrow and you better be ready and just go ahead and blow your money because the game's over. Man, what fun is that? Why would God create everything he created for us for us not to enjoy it and have fun? That would not be the character of God. We've got to stop trying to figure it out. We've got to start enjoying the journey, trusting God's voice and realize it's not a straight line. It might take you around the building ten times, six times, seven times, shouting, maybe blowing a trumpet. Get the picture? God doesn't have specific order how he does things. He created this whole place. For us to enjoy, God's been in this process of restoring little Matthew. That's me. He wants me to go back to a place. I was during worship service many many years ago. Um, He spoke that to me. He said, "I want to restore little Matthew." I'm like, "What in the world is that?" dignified here. But it's that little Matthew that just runs carelessly like our kids do through the sanctuary, through life, having fun and enjoying it. That's where God wanted to take me back to this place of healing all the things that were wrong, not intentionally, but taking me back to his original plan and purpose. What God wants to do is take us on a journey of restoring us. This is this is part of inner healing, restoring us back to our original purpose See, there's a shaggy-haired little blonde boy inside of this bearded guy that grew up, took things way too seriously, and tried to figure out exactly the formula to please God and have all of the perfect things happen and no issues. How many of you are the charismatic would say, I don't, I don't receive that, I don't believe that, I didn't confess it, and I'm not having it? Come on. That's not how it works. Things happen. Life happens. Rains on the just and the unjust. But it's our faith in God and relentless faith like kids have that's going to get us through it. Amen? God had an original purpose in each and every one of us. An original purpose and a destiny. And the world, many times in many of us, not all of us, corrupted that along the way. My prayer to him is that he would restore and reveal my original identity, purpose, and design before it was perverted by the world and the cares thereof. I've been wrong. I have pursued many things that didn't align with God. I proposed the question last night or the other day to someone. I said, hey, you know, the, the second time when Jesus got tempted, say, you know, hey, if you jump off the cliff here, right, all the angels will come save you. And Jesus, or Satan you know, perverted Psalm 91. the use used that scripture. And Jesus says, you should not tempt the Lord. So I got to thinking to myself, if God says he's going to prosper us, right? In the Bible, we have, we're blessed and we're going to be prosperous. What if we're doing things that, that are tempting God because they're counter, counterintuitive to the blessing that he's wanting to give us? J- just things for you to take home and chew on. I, d- I don't know. Don't judge my crazy mind at times, but I just think when when we're opposing God and what God wants for our life, what, what do we expect to come out of that? I can't imagine being on a football field lined up on the line. I'm on one side and God's on the other. I mean, come on. I don't know about you, but I think that's a bad place to be. But I think with our mindsets as adults, we've grown out of this wonder that we have as children pursuing God and we've created This religion, and we're no different than the Pharisees, and they're the ones that end up crucifying Jesus. And if we're not careful, we're going to end up kicking him out of the building because we got an agenda that's more important. I know I'm preaching better than amens, but it's okay. We spend time worrying not just about today, but tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. Why all the toiling for something we can't control? Remember the lilies, they don't even work. Trusting him is allowing his good and perfect plan to work out in front of our very eyes. Does the child consume their time worrying about tomorrow and what it will bring? Do you think those kids in that classroom back there today are worried about what they're having for lunch? I, I, my experience is they're not. Are they worried about anything? Anything? What are we doing in here? Well, we're worrying. We're locked in a prison cell. Se- we're in a prison cell that's not even locked. What about our dreams? How many of you grew up dreaming? I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a fireman. I want to be a police officer. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be maybe a preacher. Who took away your dreams? And your ability to have great and robust and crazy dreams. Was it fear? That took away your dreams? What was it? Who stole it away? Galatians has a great scripture for this that I love. Because it reminds me and humbles us all. This is in Galatians 3, 3-6. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you, that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ... Was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the spirit. By the works of the law. Or by hearing of faith. Are you so foolish. I've, I've been foolish. Have it begun in the spirit. Are you now being made perfect by the flesh. Have you suffered so many things in vain. If it indeed was in vain. Therefore He. Who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you. Does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. See all Abraham had to do was believe. All we have to do is believe. But see what happens is the moment we go from just believing and walking in faith. To creating a system of habits. Of habits. Rituals and beliefs that we believe is going to get us to that destination. We have become Pharisaical in our mindsets. All you have to do is believe. All you got to do is believe that, and confess with your mouth, and believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins and deliverance. It doesn't say you got to go to church every Sunday, and if you miss it, there's going to be a meeting but how many of you feel that way? It's okay, be honest. How many of you feel that way? That's okay, it's just me then. That's the pharisaical mindset. That's not the kid's mindset. We've found ourselves in a place of this prison cell, wondering why has this happened? Why has this not happened? And we've, we've left no room for God to work things out in a way we didn't expect. I can tell you in my own life, I never expected I would be here at this moment, in this place, in this season in my life. It was completely, completely unimaginable to me. I fought it. I didn't want it. I wanted something different. I didn't have a desire for this. And I fought it, and I fought it, and I fought it. Just like walking around this room. God was taking me on a path, on a on a journey to a destination, and I was angry about the journey. Listen, I know I'm not just preaching for my own good up here. I know this is in somebody's kitchen. It's okay. But we've created this mindset that we've got to have it our way in our time, and we're going to tell God how to do it. And I believe that's what's locked us in this cell. Mr. Paul, if you come up here and begin to make that machine sing, we're going to have a little bit more fun. What we need to begin to do, I want to go back to the beginning, is we're sitting in that cell, surrounded by walls that we've created. Some of you have been in this prison cell so long, it's comforting. It's all you know. You feel, you would feel, you would feel completely abandoned and naked in yourself to even leave it. You wouldn't know what to do. When Jesus gave himself for us, he gave everything. He didn't leave any parts. When we are to give our life to him, we are to give him everything, not leave little parts that we can start erecting walls in a prison cell that keeps us. See, as long as you're locked in that cell in your mind, not walking in the identity that God has created you to walk in, Not walking as a son or daughter of the Most High God. Not having joy. I mean joy. 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 I've been in the prison and I've preached and prayed. And these men, at the thought of leaving, have so much joy that you can't contain it. I'm telling you today, you have an option to walk out of your prison cell. But you're going to have to literally, physically, see people think prophetic acts are weird. Read your Bible. It's one big prophetic act after another. We're going to have to do something today to create a mindset a mindset shift. You're not too old for your dreams to come true. Cuz if if they're in your heart, God put them there. And and God wants to God wants to see them come to pass. You're not too old for your breakthrough. Whether it's your marriage, whether it's your health, it doesn't matter. But if you're going to sit in that prison cell and just keep doing what you've been doing, you're going to keep getting what you've been getting, and that ain't going to be any good. But if you want freedom today, true freedom, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you will sleep better tonight. You will stop worrying about things because you will know that God says he's going to do it, he'll do it that we can just wake up every day assured knowing he's going to do what he said he's going to do because that's who he is. And and there's fullness of things that happen that we don't understand. We'll say, well, Matthew, they died and they went to heaven. It's okay. God had a plan. They belong to him before they ever belong to us. So how do we judge him on how things turn out? We can't. We don't understand it. We just need to know That he's in charge. Alright, so today, we're breaking out of prison. Is anybody with me? Is anybody with me? Alright, we're breaking out of prison. So today's prison break day. If you want to break out of your prison, I want you to leave your seat. I know you got social distance. I don't want to break CDC regulations and have the mafia come in here and take me away. So please... As quick as you can get out of your seat and go somewhere else in the sanctuary. If it's an altar, if it's a corner, but if you want to get out of your prison that you're in, we're prophetically going to walk out of where we are today and walk into where God designed us to be to where we're no longer held back by our mindset, no longer held back by our thought process, no longer held back by the lies of the enemy, but we're walking out. Because Jesus has the keys. Come on. Anybody with me? All right, on your feet. All right, on the count of three, if you want out of your prison, I want you to walk to the wherever you're going because you're walking free. We're prophetically walking out of this thing. you all going to think, Matthew, you're crazy. Yes, I am. I'm certifiably in love with Jesus because he has radically captured every part of my life. And I want you to get free from whatever it is that's holding you back. And I'm not standing up here like I've owned the place of this mountain of freedom for long. Because what happens is, sometimes you walk back into that comforting spot of sitting in that prison cell because it just feels good. What was me? What did I do wrong, God? I'm just not good enough. I didn't make it. I didn't say the right things. They didn't like my jokes. I don't get to come back. No. No. You got to put that aside. So, today, on the count of three, I want you to prophetically walk away. We're going to praise, we're going to shout, and we're going to pray. So, but, but before we get to the count of three, let's pray. Father God, I pray right now. We need miracles. Jesus, you went down and conquered hell, you brought back the keys to set the captives free. Lord Jesus, we've been, we've been captivated by systems in our mind, things that we've built up around us that have imprisoned us believing lies. We're no longer like the children that you asked us to be to come to you as humble. But but Jesus, we've built this thing around us. We need freedom right now. And we need the courage that when we step away from our seat, Lord, that we're doing this as a prophetic act, just like they marched around the walls of Jericho. We're gonna get out of our seat And prophetically declare that we're not going to be imprisoned by things that you did not declare had authority over us. And we're believing today for a miracle today. We're believing for you to do what you and only you can do, God. Which is deliver us from ourselves. Help us. Forgive us. And deliver us. I pray for fresh revelation for each and every person in here of what your desire and plan is. I pray for that inner healing that can only happen by the Holy Spirit, like you did for me, God, when it happened to them. In Jesus' name. One, two, three. Leave your seat if you want to get out of your prison cell. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, 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 he set me free. There is no way but the way of Jesus. There's no way but the way of Jesus. You set me free. Set us free today, Jesus. Set us free. Set us free, Jesus. We are going to begin, Jesus, right now. We're going to believe and excitement we might some of us might be walking in the wilderness right now but we're going to be doing it with a, a bounce in our step and joy in our heart and singing a song because we know that water can come from a rock we know that manna can come from heaven and we know that the quail can come lord that you will sustain us in whatever season we're in you'll sustain us if it's the, our shoes won't wear out that we won't even get sunburned lord That we might be walking in a fire right now, God, but we're not going to come out smelling like smoke. God, it might not be like Job, God, that the enemy has come in to destroy, but you're getting ready to raise up a wall, Lord. You're getting ready to raise up a standard, God, and restore and multiply what the enemy came in to take away. Do it, God, as only you can do it. Do it as only you can do it, God, right now. pray for joy to fall upon everybody right now, Jesus.